Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Well, well, well. Shopping for a car? Yep. Carvana made financing a car as smooth as can be. Oh, yeah? I got pre-qualified instantly and had real terms personalized just for me. Hmm. Doesn't get much smoother than that. Well, I got to browse thousands of car options on Carvana, all within my budget. Doesn't get much smoother than that. It does. I actually wanted a car that seemed out of my range, but I was able to add a cosigner and found my dream car. It doesn't get much... Oh, it gets smoother. It's getting delivered tomorrow. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get pre-qualified today. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the special 1 p.m. Eastern edition on Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. I don't even know what date it is anymore. But special Tuesday edition of the NHL Stochastic Strategy Show, sponsored by BetMGM. We're at 1 o'clock because I'm an idiot and don't know when my flights are. So if we had it at the regular time, I would have missed the show and didn't want to leave Cliffy hanging while I was flying back east. So here we are at 1 p.m., Anyway, here's Cliffy. How you doing today, Cliffy? Uh, not too wrong. bad, man. <laughs> not too bad. I think uh, I got an easier day ahead than you do with uh, all the travel coming back out east. But, uh, yeah, just a real nice uh, nine-game slate we have uh, up ahead of us here tonight. Hopefully we can put uh, last night in the rearview mirror. Um, I didn't do so well. I, I I did all right with my Buffalo stack. I went to double center with Thompson and Cousins, added Jeff Skinner. They were – <clears throat> they were just fine, but obviously uh, Tampa went nuclear. Austin Matthews had the had the combo meal last night, uh, both the shot and the block bonus on DraftKings. I definitely did not see that coming. Um, so it was a, a rough night for me, but uh, right back at it here today. How'd you do last night? Yeah, I used Billy Huso, so I, I checked out early. Um, but, you know, I still managed to get to – I like because I'm on the West Coast, I was up at like 9.30, which is like midnight on the East, and I was checking my lineups. I still managed to make 100 points because I had McNuggets and um, Anton Lundell late, and, you know, I didn't sniff the cash, but, you know, between, what, Huso, Shea Theodore, and Ryan Graves was negative there, so I was behind the eight ball early, so. The good news is we get to do it again all tonight. Uh, some from the comfort of their home, some on cheap Wi-Fi at 30,000 feet. But regardless, we'll all do this together. And uh, fun nine gamer tonight. It actually is a really nice slate. I, I do really like it. But before we get into that, make sure to give us a like and subscribe to keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. Don't forget, almost all content is available in podcast form on the platform of your choice, except for the Live Before Locks. Obviously, they don't have shelf life. Help us out by leaving a five-star review. Once again, I'll know it's you if you comment about the size of my head. So let's get into this slate. First game of the night, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning with a 2.9 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.5 total. Uh, Moose went last night, so it's probably going to be Andre Vasilevsky in net for Tampa Bay. 
no goalie confirmed yet for Boston. Uh, well, I think Omar is hurt, so it's probably going to be Swayman. <sighs> Tampa one looked good last night, and Hagel did move back to the top power play unit, replacing Kalorn, so they're fully correlated. Boston's still running Marshan, Bergeron, DeBrusque, second line of Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak. Not much ownership here. Both top lines coming in 5 6%. Boston has a big total. It is Vasilevsky in that, but they still, you know, the Lightning still struggle on the power play here. David Pasternak shooting the lights out still, still over 9,000. I like the Boston side here. Um, I don't mind getting to Tampa Bay. They are back to back on the road on a nine gamer. I try to avoid those scenarios, but I think, you know, push comes to shove. This is a Boston slate for me or game, not slate. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, Tampa one certainly did the thing last night. Steven Stamkos, two goals, two assists last night. Um, didn't see him in a lot of lineups, so it seems like people just full stack Tampa one, but regardless, a uh, good game from him. But yeah, this is, this is not going into Buffalo. This is going into Boston. Probably the worst matchup um, a team can ask for. Uh, since Brad Marchand got back uh, for the Bruins, that top line, 1.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Like, they're just as good defensively as they've ever been. 0.7 actual goals. Like, the teams just are not scoring on them uh, at all. Um, that's the matchup that Tampa 1's running into here tonight. So, I am not going to be playing the lightning here in this game. It's uh, if it was a shorter slate, if you're looking at, you know, four or five games or something like that, maybe it's a consideration, but with nine games, such a bad matchup. I'm out on Tampa Bay. I wrote a Boston one uh, for uh, the picks article uh, over at stochastic.com free to read for anybody to go check out. Just head on over to the NHL section. Um, I did write up the Boston top line um, as one of the stacks to use today. Uh, the reason for that is special teams, mostly. Um, these are two teams that both take and draw a lot of penalties. Um, Tampa Bay is at about 3.7 times shorthanded per game, which is uh, well above the league average. I think the league average is at about 3.4 right now. Um, and Boston draws uh, the most power plays in the league per game at 3.9, actually tied with this Tampa team. So I think you could see a lot of, of Boston power plays in this game. And yesterday's show, we talked about how mediocre, um, you know, that Tampa Bay penalty killing uh, really has been now. Um, not so bad of late, um, but still, you know, outside the top 10 for shots against uh, the goals against is still not very good as, you know, both Vasilevsky and uh, Brian Elliott have struggled at times this year. Um, I think it's a pretty good spot for this Boston power play, which is why I have Bergeron, DeBrusque, and Martian as uh, one of the top stacks in that article. Um, the top power play has looked really good since Charlie McAvoy came back, scoring 15 goals per 60 minutes. Now, they're not generating a ton of shots, but I don't think this is a power play that also has to generate a ton of shots. Like they, You just have to watch them. They are wizards with the puck. They know where uh, every teammate is on the ice when they have the power play. So... I really do like the Boston top line here, the Boston power play. The problem is, is what do you do about David Pasternak, right? Um, he's on the second line, but he clearly is one of the big uh, engines of this offense. He has three games this year on DraftKings for, with below 10 points. Three, that's it. Every other game, 
has been 10 plus. I was looking at his recent game log, 19 and a half, almost 16, 19, 30 and a half. A couple games before that, 22. A couple games before that, almost 30. Like, even with Marchand back in the lineup and Pasternak down on the second line, he's still one of the most productive players in the league. So then it's what do you do with your stack? Do you take out the brusque and put in Pasternak? Well, then that gets real expensive. You know, do you take off uh, Martian and put in Pasternak? Well, then you're breaking up the top line. So I think DFS players have um, some decisions to make about how they're going to stack Boston here tonight. I would, I, w- I will probably be trying to look for some uh, combinations that I can use um, where I can still fit in a decent secondary stack, even while using Pasternak. So it is tough, but it is a, I think it's just a pretty really good matchup for that Boston power play. So I do like the Boston top line here in this game. I, I, I you know, you can stack the second line. I just, I don't think that's the direction I would go in this one. Um, you know, that Nick Paul line has actually been pretty good defensively this year. Um, 2.2 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Um, that Boston second line hasn't really been that great at five on five. Um, a lot of passer tax values come with the power play. So I think it's about Boston top line slash uh, David Pasternak in this one. And it's just about figuring out what kind of long, like line combinations you want to use. Yeah. I haven't messed with making lineups yet, but I don't even know if it's possible to full power play stack the Bruins. And if it is, you're using like min price guys with them. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a question. Like, yeah, maybe you can, fit in pasta over DeBrusque, but it might be hard to fit a secondary stack in there. So if you're using Boston, mess around with that, see what happens. Uh, let's move to the blue line. Honestly, I think, you know, just Charlie McAvoy is fine. Like if you want to fit him in, that'll take you on a nice, unique path. It's kind of like using Makar with Colorado one. It's just super expensive and hard to do. Uh, but I think, you know, it gets you – pretty unique so McAvoy is fine other than that maybe you know Carlo but nothing really sticking out for me on the the Tampa side yeah there really isn't much that I really genuinely like on the Tampa side like Hedman and Surichev are eating up all the minutes like they're playing like 24 25 a game and everybody else is under 20 so you're not getting many minutes even if you are playing somebody like Chernak or Eric Cole or something um so, you know, without the minutes and then, you know, we talked just on yesterday's show about how Hedman's been really, really reliant on power play production for his points over the last few years. He's not on the top power play. His price actually went, his price went up from 5,400 yesterday on DraftKings to 6,300 today going into Boston. Um, not sure what's going on there, but uh, yeah, he's out. And then, you know, Boston's penalty kill is just excellent. So I don't want, I don't, I don't want to use Sergeyev at his inflated price either. So I think, you know, Chernak's fine. He's only 3K on DraftKings. He's pretty cheap on FanDuel as well. So, you know, either side, if you need a cheap defenseman, he's fine. But he's not a target of mine. Um, on the Bruins side, like, Hampus Lindholm is still putting up decent peripherals and ice time numbers, even with Charlie McAvoy back. So I don't think I would, you know, run out to play him at 5,400. But I don't think he's as bad as a, a play that it might look like on first glance, even though he's not in the top power play unit. But... Um, if I'm playing any defenseman, it's probably um, Charlie McAvoy in a power play stack. But um, this isn't really a game where I'm loving any of the blue liners, to be honest. Yeah, I agree for sure. So let's move on to the next one. San Jose Sharks with a 3.2 total. Heading into Montreal, the Canadiens also have a 3.2 total. Capo Kakinen, Jake Allen confirmed. 
Like, I like stuff from both sides here. It's just this game just feels like oh, it's going to be so ugly. Like, it, it could be one of those ugly games. And, and like, if you fade it, you're, you're screwed. If you play it, you could be screwed. Like, I just don't have a great feeling about this game. I want to use stuff on both sides here. I like the power play matchup for the Sharks. I like, you know, even I, I kind of like some of the depth for Montreal going into the absolute crap depth of the Sharks. So, like, this is a game that feels kind of important on the slate. Yeah, it really does. And, I, you know, you're seeing the six and a half total in this game. So, obviously, they're expecting some goals here. Um, the Montreal depth is kind of where I was drawn initially. Now, I wrote up the Dodonov, Dvorak, Gallagher line in that Power Place article. Um, the reason for that being they're going to see a fair bit of Nieto, Couture, and Barabanov, the second line from San Jose. And that second line from San Jose, they've been all right, but um, they're really trading chances back and forth. 2.8 expected goals, four per 60 minutes, 2.7 against, allowing 3.6 goals against per 60 minutes. Like they're allowing a lot defensively. And I think the Donoff, Dvorak, and Gallagher can kind of take advantage of that. Like, at, at the very least, they do play to a slow pace, but at the very least, they are controlling the play by expected goal share. So, you know, a two-man of Dvorak and Gallagher or Dvorak and Dodonov or, or something like that, I think is perfectly fine to use. But we were also talking oh, – well, not talking. I just dropped the stats in the Discord. That third line for Montreal, Sean Monaghan and Josh Anderson, have played pretty well together in a small sample. I would say – they played high pace hockey in a small sample, let's say. So they're generating a lot offensively and they're also allowing quite a bit defensively. So they are trading chances back and forth, but Sean Monaghan is on the top power play unit. He's only uh, 3,800, which I think is pretty reasonable for that. Um, Josh Anderson's 3k. Now <clears throat> I think his contract's turning out to not be very good, but he's still a player that has the physical gifts to go, just go out and create a goal by himself. Um, which is something that's nice to have in a player that's $3,000. And, you know, the San Jose depth, not awful, but not great. Like, it's not something to be feared or anything like that. So I don't – I actually don't mind the Montreal depth in this game. So if you want to do a two-man of, like, Dvorak and Gallagher, I think that's fine, or a two-man of uh, Monaghan and Armia or Monaghan and Anderson or something like that, I think that's fine as well. That's kind of where I'm focusing on the Montreal side. For the San Jose side – I. I agree with you. It's a good spot for the top power play. So, you know, Meyer, their top line, uh, Meyer, Hurdle, LeBanc, you get Meyer and Hurdle uh, on the top power play unit. They just don't draw a lot of power plays, which is kind of a problem. Um, only two and a half power plays per game so far this season. I think that's last in the NHL uh, or close to last uh, with Columbus. So, you know, do they get enough opportunities to really capitalize uh, on Montreal here? I think that's the issue. But yeah, the Montreal penalty kill just hasn't been um, all that strong of late third most uh, shots against on the PK uh, in the month of November, worse than like Philadelphia and Columbus and Nashville. So um, yeah, it is a good power play matchup. I just worry about how many power plays they actually get, but that top line of Meyer hurdle in the bank has been really, really good since they put them together. 3.2 expected goals for 4.7 actual goals for, you know, it seems like Meyer's putting up a shot bonus you know, almost every time. Uh, he hits the ice. Uh, so, yeah, I do like San Jose's top line here, even, you know, going into that Montreal top line. Um, you know, their defensive numbers have been sliding a little bit. The offensive numbers are still good for Montreal's top line. But I think as expected, 
like Caulfield and, and Suzuki, not great defensively. So, you know, Kirby Doc will help, but he won't completely, uh, you know, turn that line around. So I do like, of, of the top lines, I like San Jose one more here, but I don't mind the Montreal depth for a cheap two-man stack either. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yep, I agree there. Um, let's move to the blue line. Eric Carlson, circus price on DraftKings of 8700 That's very, very expensive. <clears throat> yeah. It's kind of hard to get there with like a, you know, Yossi on the slate. But like if you are doing a San Jose power play stack, he's usually involved in the goals here. I mean, it is very expensive. So like I'm not going out of my way to fit him in. But like if I make a lineup and I'm, I'm in that range, I'm, I'll put him in. I mean, especially if I have Sharks. Like, I don't know if I have one-off Carlson. Like, I, I think Carlson, for me, would be in Sharks lineups only and, you know, go from there. On the Montreal side, probably going to be Mike Matheson for me. Um, probably about it. Yeah, Matheson projecting real well uh, for us, whether on DraftKings or FanDuel. I think he's one of the top uh, point-per-dollar defensemen that we have on this slate, so... Um, you know, he is on the top power play. And San Jose has only given up six power play goals against this season in 24 games, which is just absolutely bonkers. But he does get that power play time. He is going to play 22, 23 minutes, something like that. So I do like Matheson here. Um, the one name I'll mention is Jacob Magna on the San Jose side because Mario Ferraro is injured and he was getting the second most minutes after Eric Carlson. Uh, Magna was up to, I think, about 22 minutes in their last game. I don't know if I'd run out to play him, but he's on the top pair, probably going to play a lot of minutes alongside Carlson. He's one of those cheapish guys that I don't mind here tonight, but he's not, you know, the top of my list. Yeah, I agree there. Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.0 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a three total as well. Pyotr Kuchikochetkov is probable for the Hurricanes. Tristan Yari confirmed for the Penguins. Uh, looks like. Status quo for the Penguins lines. <clears throat> Jarvis, Aho, Neches, Svechnikov, Kakniemi, Nason. We'll, we'll see. You know, the Hurricanes lines always seem like they're changing. Like, this is a tough special teams matchup for the Penguins here. Not the best five-on-five -five matchup either. But, like, I, I just – I don't have much faith in the Hurricanes – side here and i i'm kind of talking myself into penguins here what are you doing yeah um <clears throat> i honestly don't mind pittsburgh here tonight um one of the reasons is yeah like the carolina penalty kill isn't um isn't allowing a ton like a ton of goals but they're not as good as they were last year like last year they were like nearly an historic penalty kill this year um has not been uh anywhere's uh, near the same boat. In fact, I was looking um, at their penalty kill numbers uh, just for this month. 13 games, they're allowing more shots per minute than Arizona, Edmonton, or Anaheim. 
Um, it's just, you know, they're getting nine, I think 900 goaltending on the penalty kill, which is, you know, saving them. I think there's something to be said, like Carolina is uh, pretty well known for, you know, forcing tougher shots and maybe not getting the cleanest look that teams want. So maybe there's something to that, but they are giving up quite a, quite a bit uh, shot, quite a few shots against on the penalty kill. So I think Pittsburgh power play um, at least has an opportunity here to score. If this was, you know, this time last year, I would have said there's no way they're scoring on the Carolina penalty kill. Um, now I think it's a little bit more of an open question. Um, you know, they've gone back to their normal lines. They've had them for a couple games now. The top line has been really, really good this year for Pittsburgh. 3.7 goals, 4 per 60 minutes, 4.8 actual goals. Um, they've been very good. Ajo and Jarvis have been pretty good in their sample going back to last year. Um, but Jarvis hasn't had a very good season so far this year. He's struggled a little bit, particularly uh, creating offensively. So I think Pittsburgh's top line probably gets the advantage in this matchup. But, um, you know, our projections have that top line and Carolina top line basically neck and neck for points. So um, I think, you know, either side of that matchup is fine. I would, you know, when they're close like that, um, especially ownership wise, I just lean to the home team. So I would go. Pittsburgh won there on the second line. Brian Rust is down to $5,000 uh, on DraftKings. I wrote him up uh, for the power play article as well. Um, for the reasons that I mentioned, you know, the Carolina penalty kill is still good, but not super elite. Um, and he was moved back to the top power play unit uh, where Jeff Petrie um, had been playing the last couple of games. So Rust is back on the top power play. So you get Zucker, Malkin and Rust on the second line, Rust and Malkin on the second power play unit. Um, the way Pittsburgh runs their lines, like their top six will just take opposing top six. And that second line for Carolina, like Sveshnikov and Kokkiniemi um, don't have really good numbers this year um, without Martin Natchez uh, as the winger on the other side. Um, just, you know, putting in player X, anybody but Natchez, 1.7 expected goals for 2.3 against. So they're well below uh, – at well below 50% in the expected goal share battle uh, without Natchez on that line, 3.3 um, actual goals against. Now, the reason for that is Kakiniemi's not having a very good year. <laughs> in fact, uh, we talked about that over the weekend, and, and like not not long after we talked about it, I think he assisted on a, on a Carolina goal, but he's actually he's having a pretty bad year, particularly offensively, and it's allowing other teams to just you know turn the puck around uh, in the defensive zone and get going back offensively. And, um, you know, with Natchez on the top line, with Stefan Nason on that second line, I think that's a matchup that Zucker, Malkin, and Rusk uh, can take advantage of. And they've been good this year as well. 3.8 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Now, the problem is they don't play a ton. Like, you know, Jake Gensel and Crosby are probably going to play like 19, 20 minutes. Malkin and Rust are closer to like that 16, 17 range. Um, but I think it's a fine five-on-five -five matchup for them. So honestly, if everything in this game is probably the Penguins' second line that I like the best, and we're not showing a ton of ownership on them here, um, about three and a half percent over on DraftKings per our top stacks tool. Um, just looking over on FanDuel, they're coming in at three point seven percent. So without much ownership here, it's still a three total. Um, I know old Coochie's in and that uh, might scare some people away, but I don't mind the matchup for the Pittsburgh second line going up a fair bit against that Cotton Emmy line. So that's probably where I would look in this game. Yeah. 
I think they're kind of a nice little sneaky spot here tonight. Uh, let's move to the blue line. You want to use the power play quarterbacks, Burns, Latang. I guess that's fine. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't one off Latang. I maybe consider one offing Burns, just because you know the Pittsburgh penalty kill, not the best. But I think my favorite defender out of this game is Brett Pesci. Yeah, I. It's funny you mentioned Pesci because I was just looking at at the seasons for him and Slavin. It was like it, it feels like. I, w- I was just thinking to myself, feels like they're always good value, but they don't do a ton. And I was actually looking um, at some games. Um, Slavin's only had one double-digit game in the last month, um, and he only has one game this season uh, with over 14 DK points. Um, on the flip side, uh, Pesci's kind of in the same boat. He's put up a couple decent games lately, uh, but no game this season with more than 16 DK points. So, like. They've had good games. They just haven't had great games. And I'm wondering, you know, if there's not something that's changed with the Carolina tactics. Obviously, um, I don't track their games every single day. So um, I would know as some other Carolina fans. But I just wonder how how involved they actually are in the offense. But the prices are fine. Um, you know, I agree with you. I'd probably go Pesci over Slavin. But I think, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, on the Penguin side, like Latang's. His, his shot rate has come up, but he's still not shooting a lot. He's like one, two, three shots per game or something like that over his last half dozen games. Um, he's just not looked like the defense when he was a year ago. He's kind of looking Drew Doughty-ish, if I, uh, <laughs> I know, if I can go so far. So I don't know if I would go with Latang here. Like, I think he's fine to use, but he's definitely not a guy that I'm running out to play. I think the guy that I, I kind of like in this game the most is Pesci. Yeah, not running out to roster D-men from this game, really. <clears throat> Excuse me. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by BetMGM, and we have a no-brainer offer for you. You can bet $10 and win $200 if any team scores a goal during the World Cup. It has happened. Zero-zero ties also count. Click the link in the description um, to sign up. The bet must be on a pregame money line. This runs through December 4th. It is available in all states except New York, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, and Ontario. You get paid out in free bets. It's first-time depositors only. So, you know, if you don't have a BetMGM account, you can sign up. Bet $10, win $200 in free bets. It is literally that simple. There are no strings attached. Get 20x your deposit in free bets and start building your account from there. Let's move on to the next one. New York Islanders with a 3.1 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a 2.4 total. Ilya Sorokin, Carter Hart, both confirmed here. Um, like I, I just don't think I'm getting to any of the Flyers here tonight. 2.4 total at home, nine games late, going into Sorokin. It's just like checking all the boxes for me to fade. If you want to, you know, one off like a Kiefer Bellows because he's min price on, on the top power play, you know, have at it, Haas. But like, I don't think I'm going to go out of my way. I'm probably just full fading the Flyers here tonight. Islanders are a bit different here. I just, you know, Bailey moving back up with Barzell and Wallstrom. Like I like, ba- I like uh, Barzell. I like Brock Nelson. I just, I just don't know if I'm full stacking anything again. Maybe I'll, I'll do something with the power play, but what are you seeing in this game? Yeah, just want to mention a, a couple injury notes on the Flyers' side. Scott Lawton looks like he's going to be back tonight. Um, they had Lucas Sedlak practicing on the top line. 
with Kevin Hayes and Joel Farabee. Um, I'm going to assume that Lawton just steps into that role with Hayes and Farabee. Um, I guess we'll find out at warmups. And the other one is um, Tony D'Angelo. He was just announced out. Um, they said he got hurt blocking a shot uh, in their last game. Um, so Tony D'Angelo is going to be out tonight. And I that's a – like, I, I know he's – like not good defensively, but I think that's a pretty big loss for the Flyers uh, power play specifically. Um, He's a really, really good power play defenseman. Um, You know, we've seen that with some of these games, particularly uh, a little bit earlier in the season. So, you know, where you are facing Sorokin, the Islanders typically do have a good penalty kill. They don't take a ton of penalties either. Like, I don't think there's a lot of reason why I'd be super excited about rostering um, the Flyers here tonight. Like, if anything, I would probably drop down to that Tippett uh, Frost Bellows line. Now, uh, Tippett and um, Morgan Frost haven't been that good together, but uh, the Islanders' second line on the other side do give up a lot of chances. So, um, I think there are some opportunities here um, for Frost or Tippett, uh, to maybe get some decent chances at five on five, but I like, there's nobody that I'm full stacking. Like I'm not full stacking Scott Lawton and Hazen Fairby or anything like that. It, if anything from the Flyers, it'd be like a one-off Tippett, one-off Frost, um, something like that. That's, that's about where I am, uh, on the Flyers side on the Islander side. Like we're just going to run into the same problem that we did in the last game, which is going to be a lot of ownership and they have players across three lines that can score. I mean, um, you know, a lot of people probably rostered Matt Barzal in the last game or just full stack the under second line and the Zach Parisi goes out, scores two goals, right? So um, that's kind of the issue uh, with the Islanders is that they do have three lines that can score, particularly uh, because uh, J.G. Pajot is on the third line, but the top power play unit. Now, he's a guy I wrote about in the power plays article uh, up at Stochastic dot uh, com as one of the cheap centers um, that is usable here tonight. Um, what I wrote is the Islanders power play has been sneaky good this year. Um, 45 minutes together, the core four of Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Matthew Barzal, Noah Dobson, 135 shot attempts and 11 goals per 60 minutes at five on four. Like those are really, really good power play numbers. I, I'm not saying that, you know, they're not Islanders adjusted good. It's just good period. Um, the power play has been really good for the Islanders and the Flyers penalty kill. Uh, it's just been in a steady decline um, pretty much the entire season. They're uh, giving up the fourth most shots against uh, in the month of November. You know, they're sandwiched between Columbus and Montreal. Um, they're giving up, uh, I believe, the eighth most goals against uh, per 60 minutes. So um, they don't take a ton of penalties. The, the Islanders don't draw a lot of penalties. Um, they're both a little bit below average in that regard, but I think this is a really, really good matchup for the Islanders power play. So I think this is another case where you can do a double center stack. Um, like we talked about uh, on Saturday, when these two teams faced off, you can do like, uh, you know, Nelson, uh, Pajot and Dobson or Barzal, Pajot and Dobson or pa- Barzal, uh, Nelson, you know, something like that. That's those, it's the centers that get, that are getting the ice time. Um, you know, Nelson's not shooting as much as he was early in the season, but he's still shooting a fair bit. Um, you know, those guys get the ice time. You bring along one of the wingers if you want, bring along a Wallstrom or bring along an Andrews Lear or what have you. But I think it's the centers plus Dobson that I would focus on here, trying to take advantage of what's a fairly weak Flyers penalty kill. Yes. And let's talk about that blue line. Noah Dobson, 6,600 
on DraftKings on the blue line here. I think, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're doing anything with the Islanders power play, I think, you know, obviously he's the guy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ryan Pulak still under 4K. If you want to chase those points, I think under 4K is fine to chase. With him uh, on the... Flyer side without Tony D'Angelo, I would imagine Rasmus Ristolainen and Travis Sanheim. See a minutes bump there. They're both 3K. I think they're both fine. You want to use Provorov for that power play time. I, I mean, like, I don't think this is the best power play matchup. He's obviously not as good as Tony D'Angelo on the power play. You can go to him at 5K. I think the price is all right, but I think I prefer the other two guys. Yeah, I mean, Provorov was projecting well for his price even before D'Angelo was announced out, so... I imagine that'll only get better. I actually don't mind Provorov at 5K um, over on DraftKings here tonight. I think that's perfectly fine for what we can expect from him. I just, I don't know if I would get up to 6,400 on, on FanDuel for him. I think that's a bit too much. Uh, but yeah, um, Sanheim was probably the guy that I was I was going to look to. I think he's a little bit more reliable uh, for production. But yeah, Sanheim or Ristolainen, uh, they're both fine. They should see uh, a minutes bump as well. On the Islander side, man... <laughs> I was looking over their last, I think it's their last six games. They have five defensemen all skating within a minute of each other in total ice time. Like, um, you know, it's kind of like pick your poison. Obviously, Noah Dobson tops the list because of the power play and because he does put up uh, more peripherals than most. But if you're not playing Noah Dobson and you're not going min price Sebastian Ajo, then just pick one of the, uh, the defensemen between them because they're all uh, pretty much about the same. Um, I would lean to somebody like Ryan Pollock, who does have offensive upside, whereas I think guys like, you know, I think Romanoff is just a shot blocker, and I don't think he gets enough opportunities in this game. So I would lean to somebody like Pollock more than the others. I concur there. Let's move on to the next one, which is going to draw some attention, I think. The Anaheim Ducks with a 2.6 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 3.8 total. Uh, Ducks don't confirm goalies. Could be Anthony Stolarz here. Uh, UC Saros confirmed like this Predators total is a like, ah, like I get it. Ducks are a mess defensively. They have they're not very good on the penalty kill. I just don't like these lines like just flat out uh, like and they're getting a ton of ownership here. I think if you're going to do anything on the national side, it's some sort of power play stack. You want to, you know, Forsberg, Granlin, Yossi. Forsberg, Duchesne, Yossi, something like that. Like, I just don't know if I'm full stacking any of these lines at this ownership. Now, the Ducks side, the 
Ducks top line is arguably overpriced here, but they've been rolling along here, and this is another good power play spot here. I kind of like the Ducks lines here, or the Ducks top line. What are you seeing? Yeah, I I think it's important to really consider the Anaheim top line here because Nashville's um, <clears throat> they're playing at home today. They had two games canceled because uh, over the weekend because their arena flooded, so they haven't played in a week. And I know COVID's kind of screwed everything up over the last few years, but the NHL used to have this thing called bye weeks. Um, maybe they still do. I haven't checked the schedule, but anyways, um, what they found is that teams coming out of bye weeks typically didn't do very well. Um, they typically got outplayed, certainly got outscored, lost more games than they should have. Um, basically anytime a team gets more than five days of rest, uh, it seems like it kind of turns into rust rather than just rest. So, um, I wonder if Nashville maybe comes out a bit flat here. Like these guys haven't played a game since before Thanksgiving. Um, that's a long time off, uh, you know, 25% of the way through the NHL season. And it's not, you know, it's not as if the Anaheim top line is, is a slouch or anything like that. 2.9 expected goals for per 60 minutes so far this season, 3.7 actual goals for they're all playing uh, over 19 minutes. They're all in the same power play unit. And as you mentioned, the Nashville penalty kill hasn't really been that great. Um, you know, seventh most shots against, uh, per 60 minutes in the month of November, uh, more than, you know, like Buffalo and Arizona. Um, UC Saros has been pretty good in net for them. So, you know, he's definitely been a difference maker uh, on the penalty kill for them, but it's the penalty kill itself, you know, not super strong. They're also probably going to use the Grandland line in a shutdown role. And, you know, we don't have a huge sample with Parson on that top line, but in the sample that they do have, 3.2 uh, expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's not very good defensively. So I'm kind of with you here. Like I, I'm not going to begrudge anybody for playing Nashville here because Anaheim is, if not the worst defensive team in the league at all strengths, then like bottom three. Um, so, it, you know, in a nutshell, it is a really good matchup, but we have double digit ownership on their top two lines. Um, you know, we're, the third line for Nashville is coming in at 3% ownership. Um, there is going to be a lot of ownership on the Nashville side. And I do wonder if they're not just a little bit rusty after having a, a week off and that Anaheim top line has been really good coming in with no ownership, about 2% uh, over on DK, about 4% over on FanDuel. I think this is one of those leveraged lines um, that is perfectly fine to use here, especially where the Nashville penalty kill, I don't think is very good. Um, and they're taking uh, 3.6 penalties uh, per game, 3.6 times shorthanded. So um, well above average uh, in time shorthanded per game. So I think this is a good spot for the Anaheim top line. Um, I agree with you. If I do anything with Nashville, it'd be some sort of power play stack. Get the get the focus of that offense in your lineup. So guys like Duchesne, guys like Forsberg, um, guys like Yossi, that's uh, definitely where I would go. I don't mind full stacking the top line because they are cheap and you can get a decent secondary stack in there with them. But I think it's the power play guys would be the focus for me on the Nashville side. Yeah, I agree there. And it's just a question of, you know, ownership and your tolerance to that. Let's move to the blue line. It's going to be Cam Fowler. going to be Roman Yossi for me. Other than that, like there are some guy like Ryan McDonough, 3,400 is okay. Matias Ekholm, 3K is okay. Dmitry Kulikov is a bit expensive on DraftKings, 4,100. So it's probably just going to be the power play guys for me. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I will mention Alexander Carrier. Um, he's been playing like 19, 20 minutes of late for Nashville. Um, 3.8 total at home, really cheap, playing 19, 20 minutes. I don't mind that. Uh, if you need like a near min punt or near punt, uh, near min price, geez, uh, near min price defenseman here on DK tonight. Yes. And uh, yeah, I agree there. We have a lineup generator, and it's the perfect tool for building winning lineups for any DFS content. Our cutting-edge algorithms analyze player data and trends to help you make the best choices for your lineup. With easy-to-use interface, you have your lineups built in seconds. No more hours spent researching players, although you, you, know, you still can't research. You don't want to just like blindly click in lineups. Get an edge on your opponents by using lineup generators, powerful contest simulations. Save your time and energy. So, like, I use it a bunch for, especially for showdown, uh, NFL showdown. We have it for NFL. We have it for NBA right now. You have the ability to choose between balanced builds, highly projected builds, or contrarian ones. You can save or discard your lineups, I think, up to 20, I believe. Um, you get player exposures once you've created your lineups. And you also have the ability to stack an NFL contest, which is nice. You can, you know, run back. Like, you can stack one or two guys, and you can have the option to run it back with a player from the other team. It is a nice tool. Um, in general, chalkier lineups are more likely to cash in a contest, but going too heavy on the favorites can leave you with a lowly finish if they all underperform. On the other, on the other hand, contrarian lineups may not always be in the money, but if they hit, you can be looking at a big payday. If you sign up with any of our memberships, any of our DFS packages on stochastic.com, you get the lineup generator. Right now, it's just NFL and NBA, but I heard – Rumor on the street, little birdie in the sky told me that it is coming for NHL, so stay tuned for that. Colorado Avalanche, 3.1 total, heading into Winnipeg. The Jets have a 2.8 total, probably going to be Yorgiev, probably going to be Hellebuck. Uh, it appears Evan, Evan Rodriguez, I believe, went on IR, so he's still out. So that second line is still going to be Kagogano, Comfort, and Logan O'Connor. It appears Alex Galchenyuk is going to come into the lineup for the Colorado here. 3.1 total on the road is pretty large considering their depth is not great here. So it's if they're going to score, you know it's where it's coming from. Don't have the uh, flow chart with me here out in California, but um, Morgan Barron slides into the line with Kyle Connor and Pierre Locke Dubois, Cole Perfidi, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler still together. Colorado won, matchup proof here. Uh, I like them. They are wildly expensive as always. I think there is some stuff to like on the Winnipeg side, though. Yeah, there is. Um, one thing I i mean, I guess we'll get to the goalies here uh, in a second. But one thing I did mention um, in that Power Plays article that I wrote um, at Stochastic.com, um, speaking, uh, speaking to the Colorado side, is that Winnipeg really doesn't take a lot of penalties. 2.7 times shorthanded per game this season. And the penalty kill itself has been pretty good. So they don't take a lot of penalties and they have a very good penalty kill. And the reason that's a problem for Colorado is without that depth scoring this year um, that they're missing, you know, Nichushkin and, and Landeskog and now Rodriguez on the IR, that's effectively their entire second line. Um, without that depth scoring, they've been really reliant on power play goals for production this year. Um, Colorado has scored 23 goals uh, on the power play so far this season, only 68 goals total, which means um, 
over a third of their goals have come with the man advantage. And that's more than teams like Tampa Bay and Boston and even Edmonton. Like you talk about how Edmonton is really power play reliant. Um, Colorado has been more so than them. So this is a very power play reliant team going into a matchup where they may not get a lot of power plays. And if they do, it's a pretty good penalty kill to begin with. So that's what kind of worries me with Colorado here tonight is, yeah, like obviously if they put up five on Hellebuck or whatever, then that top line is probably going to go absolutely bananas. But I don't think it's a very good power play spot for them. So I think this is a place uh, where I could probably just set Colorado aside. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to say don't use them. They're coming in. Uh, with uh, pretty huge leverage as we have them as a 30, uh, believe it or not, a 33% uh, top two stack here on this slate um, right at the top, giving them the best leverage um, on this slate for uh, all the line combinations. But I think it's a really bad matchup for the power play. Um, you know, you're going to have like one off Nathan McKinnon's a lot all over the place just because of how much he's shooting the puck. Um, that was something that was talked about in our discord today. Um, you know, he's averaging a DK shot bonus per game, I think, um, Mr. Goodman said. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I just don't think it's a very good power play spot for Colorado and, and they're, they've been heavily reliant on that. And, you know, their offensive numbers of five on five haven't been that great. Um, 2.8 expected goals for in their last hundred minutes together, 2.4 actual goals for that's not very good. Um, Winnipeg's probably a little bit better than I think we gave them credit for at the start of the season. They've been playing well. So I'm going to be out on Colorado here. I just think um, in a better power play matchup on the road, I would, like if they were in Nashville as opposed to in Winnipeg, I would be I would probably be playing Colorado one. Um, but going into Winnipeg against that penalty kill against such a disciplined team, which is weird to say because usually Winnipeg's one of the most un- undisciplined teams in the league. I think I'm out on Colorado. On the Winnipeg side, Shifley skating with Perfidi is kind of interesting because if you if you listen to maybe some hey Jets fans who actually follow on, on, on social media, but if you listen to some of uh, the smarter Winnipeg fans, they think uh, Perfidi's uh, doing really well offensively. It's just, you know, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of limited a little bit offensively and Blake Wheeler, you know, he is what he is at this point in the season. That's who he was, who, who he had been playing with most of the season. So they're, they think, that you might see more upside from him now that he's with Shifley. Now, obviously, Blake Wheels is still on the other side, but at the very least, two of those three guys, um, both on the top power play uh, together, Shifley and Wheeler on the top power play unit. The Colorado penalty kill, not great, but the goaltending has been. That's kind of the problem here. So, um, if anything, I would probably uh, just full stack Winnipeg one. Like, I think you're fine to include Perfidi um, in that stack. I do think, like, there are there is a little bit of scoring chance data that shows, like, he's been fine. Um, they are fairly cheap, um, 13500 on DK. So, you can still fit in, uh, like, a pretty good uh, primary stack after that. We know how much uh, Shifley and company play with the empty net. Uh, should they be in that chance at the end of the game? Um, I just think Colorado's really starting to run out of steam here, having to play um, their top guys 23, 24, 25 minutes a night. You know, their defensemen 27, 28 minutes a night, you know, game after game as they wait to get healthy. So um, I don't mind the Winnipeg top line here tonight, especially where they're probably going to be used um, against that depth from Colorado. And if they see a fair bit of that new hook 
uh, Galchenyuk line, I think they're going to be able to carry the play. So I do like Winnipeg one in this matchup. Yep, I agree. Let's move to the blue line. I think, you know, you want to use the power play guys, Kale McCarr, Josh Morrissey, that's fine. Like, I'm not prioritizing them. Outside of that, like, I just don't think there is a defenseman in this game that I really like. Maybe Sam Gerrard, maybe Brendan Dillon, maybe Dylan DeMello, but like I don't think I'm prioritizing anyone from this game on the blue line. Yeah, like there's nobody that I'm like I would say you know definitely <clears throat> one of my favorite pl- plays today or anything like that. Like I think Neil Pionk's a little bit too expensive. Um, I think Morrissey, you know, Morrissey's on a little bit of a heater, so he's fine to play. Like I think you know Nate Schmidt's fine to play. Um, you know, Brendan Dillon is the guy I always go back to because he typically gets decent minutes and he can he can sometimes get you that block bonus on DraftKings. But other than Dillon, that's probably about it. Yep. Let's move on to the next one. Florida Panthers, 2.9 total heading into Calgary. The Flames have a 3.5 total. Florida played last night with Spencer Knight. So it's going to be Sergei Bobrovsky against Daniel Vladar. Huberto back up to the top line. So Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli, Dubé, Kadri, Mangiapane. Third line now is Ruzichka, Backlund, Coleman. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I still kind of like that Lundell, Reinhardt, Verhage line. I do like the Flames top line. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to get to the Panthers, you know, back to back on the road. It is, you know, not Marsham who's had a terrible season so far. So I think, you know, there is some merits going there. But I, I think I don't mind going to the Flames top line here. They're cheap. The problem is they're getting some ownership. Yeah, they're getting yeah they're getting some ownership because they are so cheap. But I I, I still think they're fine to play. Um, you know, I can't believe Jonathan Huber was all the way down to forty three hundred. Like that's that feels um, kind of crazy to me. Like this Calgary top line was broken up earlier in the season, but it's not as if they were playing terribly. Um, when they were play, skating together, two point eight expected goals for two point one um, expected goals against. Uh, really not uh, that bad. Um, the problem was is they were only shooting 2.2%. Um, you're going to look bad on the ice whenever you're shooting 2.2%. Um, that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, but I think this is a decent matchup for them here tonight um, against the Florida Panthers. Like That line is probably going to be used in a sheltered role. Like I think you're going to see the backland line. Uh, used against the top six. I think you're going to see the Kadri line used against the top six. I think you're going to see Lindholm and company uh, get some softer matchups. And, you know, with Barkov out, um, you know, Florida depth is fine, but it's certainly not great. I think I'm with you on Florida one um, or on Calgary one, sorry. Um, You know, perfectly correlated. They are cheap. They're just really waiting for some shooting percentage regression uh, to bring them back around. Like their our DK projections have them at um, over thirty three points, which is more than Pittsburgh one, um, which is more than Carolina one, uh, which is more than Montreal one, which is more than Tampa Bay one. Like you know, this line is projecting very well for us. You know, the ownership's not extreme, coming in at about nine percent. I think that's fine for a nine game slate for a team that's at home with a three and a half total. Um, one thing I think you can do if you are worried about a little bit of ownership is um, just kind of make it a power play stack. Like I think, you, you know, take out Lynn Holm and put in Kadri, take out the Foley, put in Kadri, something like that. I would leave Huberto in there because he's the playmaker and he's cheap. Um, but Florida is taking 3.9 penalties per game, 3.9 times shorthanded per game. 
Now they're also drawing a lot of power plays, but the Calgary penalty kill has been great. Um, and, you know, with uh, Sergei Brovsky expected to start tonight, not Spencer Knight, I think that's a pretty big downgrade in net for Florida. So I do flavor, favor the Calgary side here, Huberto, Lindholm, Toffoli. I do like that matchup against the depth from the Panthers. And I think they can do a little bit of damage on the power play. On the Florida side, I honestly don't mind going right back to um, that top line. Ben and Kachuk have been playing very, very well together this year. Um, Cousins, you know, he played 13, 14 minutes last night. That's fine. He's 3,500. Um, you know, uh, Calgary does take a fair bit of penalties. So I think, you know, the Florida top line is, is definitely in play for me here tonight. But of all the lines, I think it's Calgary one that I like the best. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I kind of feel like they're going to come in a little bit more owned than that. But we'll see throughout the day here. Let's move to the blue line. For some reason, Michael Stone is the Flames' most expensive defender on DraftKings, which makes no sense. Rasmus Anderson, 4,700 for the power play, I think is fine. Noah Hannafin, 4,800 for the peripherals is fine. Like Mackenzie Weger is cheaper than Christopher Tanev. And like, I don't know, like 3,500 Weger, uh, I'll take some stabs on. On the, the Panther side, Ekblad's up to 6,500. Montour over 7,000. Like, I just, I, I don't know if I'd one off anybody on the Florida side. Yeah. Um, I'll just bring up my article, uh, free to read over at stochastic.com again. I wrote up Noah Hannafin. Um, among all defensemen priced $5,000 or less on DraftKings, our projections have Noah Hannafin at the top and into double digits. One reason is because he does put up peripherals related to those uh, peripherals. Florida is a very high paced, high paced team, um, second highest pace uh, in the month of November in the league behind only Ottawa. So I think Hannafin has a chance to rack up a lot of peripherals. I think Aaron Ekblad is still fine because he's a guy that will rack up peripherals in a high pace matchup as well. Um, Mackenzie Wegar is tempting with that price drop. I think he's fine at 3,500, but honestly, I think I like Hannafin the best in this game. I concur. Don't forget to clink. Click the link in the description below and sign up for BetMGM. Deposit $10, win $200. It's that simple, and it really is that simple. Uh, let's get to the last two games of the night. Washington Capitals with a 3.1 total heading into Vancouver. The Canuckies have 3.3 total. Darcy Kemper, Spencer Martin probable. Once again... Don't know what to do with the Capitals. Probably be some sort of like power play stack here. The Canucks defensively have actually gotten a little bit better here. Kuzmenko's back on power play one, replacing Brock Besser. So I think that brings the Pedersen-Kuzmenko line into play. I think the top line of Horvat-Miller is also in play. What do you see? Yeah, um, it is Kuzmenko and Pedersen that I like here. I wrote up Elias Pedersen uh, in that Power Plays article. He's had a big shot increase this year. That was kind of the problem with him in fantasy and years gone by was that he wasn't he wasn't a big shooter, like 2.3, 2.4 per game. He's up to like 3.3 per game this season, which is a big, big change for him. Um, him and Kuzmenko, even, you know, Ilya Mikheyev wasn't at morning skate today. That's something we're going to have to watch out for. Um, even without Mikheyev there, they still had a really good start to the season. Um, they're going to face off a lot against that Milano-Kuznetsov <laughs> second line. 
Um, Milano and Kuznetsov, uh, 55 minutes together, 3.4 expected goals against, 3.3 actual goals against. I don't think that's very surprising, but it is a very good five-on-five matchup for Pedersen and Kuzmenko. I prefer Mikheyev be there than um, Jack Studnicka, um, but we're going to have to see uh, how that works out. But yeah, Pedersen and Kuzmenko, um, I think, is at uh, the top of my list, at least over on DraftKings. FanDuel, like Pedersen's really expensive, so I think there's a case for the top line uh, instead, but at least on DK, it's Pedersen and Kuzmenko against the Washington PK. That's been a lot, let's just say a lot better lately, but the Vancouver penalty kill really turned around after the first couple weeks of the season. So I like Vancouver too. On the Washington side, not a lot that I like. If anything, I would probably just go to the top line. Um, Strom and Ovechkin are both uh, on the power play together. Connor Sheary has helped out that line. Um, the Vancouver penalty kill has been a lot better than they were in the first couple of weeks of the season as well. Um, I think if anything on the Washington side, I'd be just picking one-offs. Like Ovechkin's always a one-off you can use. I think TJ Oshie, again, makes it a decent one-off. I think even Evgeny Kuznetsov, um, he's been shooting quite a bit on the power play of late. I think he's fine um, as a one-off as well. But it's one-offs for me from, Van- from Washington, Vancouver too on the other side. Let's move to the blue line. I think Carlson is also fine in the one-off category at 7,200 here. Uh, Quinn Hughes, if you want to power play, you know, add in some power play stuff for the Canucks. Other than that, Farivari, 2,600, I think is fine if you want some shot blocks. That's really about it. I wish Ethan Bear was a bit cheaper. 4,100 on DraftKings seems a bit too expensive. Yeah, the one guy I'll mention is Kyle Burroughs. Other than Hughes, every other defenseman for Vancouver is playing like 18, 19 minutes. Burroughs is a guy that can put up a shot block bonus on DraftKings uh, in 18 minutes of ice time. So I don't mind him as a sub-3K defenseman. I like that call there. Let's get to the last game of the night here. Seattle Kraken with a 3.1 total. Heading into Los Angeles, the Kings have a 3.3. I think, you know, we'll have to wait and see if Velarde's back in the lineup. They might be skating soon. They had an um, what was that? They had optional. Yeah. yeah. So we'll wait and see there. Um, I don't, again, like if I'm going to go to a Seattle line, it's going to be McCann, Beneers, Eberle. They're just really cheap. You get a couple guys on the power play. They've been playing well. You want to go to, you know, Yanni Gord line. I think that's fine. You want to go like, I honestly, like it's always like, which Seattle line do I use? Because I think they're all kind of playable. But for me, it's going to be that second line of McCann, Beneers, Eberle. On the Kings side, like if Seattle had semi-decent goaltending, I would kind of not really like the Kings tonight. But like the Seattle goaltending has just been awful. So I think both of the top six lines are in play. What are you seeing? Um yeah, it's the Beneers line on the Seattle side that I was leaning towards because I think they do see a fair bit um, of the Los Angeles top line in this game. And with Kevin Fiala there, their defensive numbers have just not been good. 3.4 expected goals against per 60, 3.7 actual goals against. Like, it's just bad defensive numbers. Um, I think Beneers, McCann, and Everly um, can definitely take advantage of that. 2.6 expected goals for uh, together this year, th- um, scoring a lot since they've been put together. Everly's shot, um, shot, individual shot rate has been climbing a little bit. So it's the Beneers Everly McCann line that I like best. 
I don't think you have to full stack them either. I think I think Eberle makes a perfectly fine one-off. I think Jared McCann makes a perfectly fine one-off. I think you can do that if you don't want to full stack them. On the Kings side, <clears throat> it'd probably be Los Angeles too. Um, if there's a weak spot in the Seattle team amongst their skaters, it's that the power or the penalty kill hasn't been that great. And that Los Angeles second quote second power play unit with Los An- all, all the second line Los Angeles guys on it has been a lot better um, with Arthur Kaliev. So um, you know if you want to take off an expensive Trevor Moore and put on Kaliev instead and go like Arvidsson to no Kaliev, I think that's just fine. Um, that's where I am tonight. Uh, Everly Everly line on the Seattle side and uh, the Dano line on the Los Angeles side. Yep, on the blue lines, I think I like Vinny Dunn. He just plays tons of minutes. His price hasn't really gone anywhere. He's on the top power play. Kings penalty kill, not great. Carson Soucy, 2,700, I think is fine. Um, on the Kings side, not too much there that I'm liking. Maybe Dursey at 5,100, but that's really about it. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot for me uh, in this game. I'll say I think Adam Larson's fine at 4K. Um, plays a lot of minutes, can easily get that block bonus, just needs an assist or something for a pretty good fantasy night. So uh, I don't mind Adam Larson. I don't mind that call there. Coming up after us, we have the NBA Deeper Dive at 5 p.m. with Josh and Adam, not me, Josh Engelman. Uh, and after that, NBA Live before lock at 6 p.m. with Greg and Eric. Who are you liking in that tonight? Um, Connor Hellebuck was the guy that I wrote up um, in the power plays article, um, specifically because I don't think Colorado gets a lot of power plays, and he could have a good night for cheap here tonight. But it's more on DK, FanDuel. I think he's too expensive. <clears throat> don't mind Tristan Jari either. Um, whoever starts for Calgary, if it's Vladar, um, I'm fine with him. Uh, in net against a high-paced Florida team. I'll mention UC Saros uh, over on FanDuel. I think he's got a pretty good price uh, for anybody playing on FanDuel. Yeah, on DraftKings, I'll add in um, Ilya Sorokin. And, I, you know, I don't mind taking a stab on Vasilevsky at 7,100. I think that's just too cheap for him. Who's uh, the old hat trick pick for you there, Cliffy? Uh, I'm going to... Go uh, a little, maybe a little bit unexpected here, but I'm going to say uh, Nasty Nazem Kadri from Calgary. I think I'm going as a defenseman, going Roman Yossi. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, if he gets a hat trick tonight, I'll definitely be logging out early. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, I'll be on playing. I'll just start weeping, probably, but it's fine. Um, you know, I like to mix it up. Yeah, I'll quit whining. Um, so for uh, Cliffy, I am your host, Josh Harris. I should be back in New Jersey tomorrow for my show at my desk where I, where I can actually sit and not like contort my body to make my back feel good. So good luck, everybody, tonight. I'm probably going to have some Wi-Fi on the flight, so I'll see you in Discord on Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No we all love the low country lifestyle, which is why we should do our best to protect it. To get insurance that helps you protect your home from whatever the low country throws at you, contact CT Lowndes and Company today. Their local agents can review your coverage to help make sure you're properly protected. CT Lounge and Company has been helping protect and insuring the Low Country since 1850. Visit ctlounds.com to learn more and request a quote. That's ctlounds.com.